You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7, well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It couldn't be easier. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Trapasso here from CBSSports.com. And you are listening to the Prospect Podcast, a special Prospect Podcast, walking the streets in Mobile, Alabama for the 2020 Senior Bowl. The week of practices started yesterday. It's what everyone in the NFL, every scouting staff, a lot of head coaches, pretty much every general manager down here in what I would call the quaint city of Mobile. I really like it. Small, easy to walk around. Um, going from the Renaissance Riverview Hotel, where it's kind of the headquarters where you get your credentials, um, walking just down the street to get some lunch before practice starts at 1 o'clock today in Lad People Stadium. Just want to go over a few things. I wrote an article on CBSSports.com kind of recapping the South practice, which was first yesterday, and the North practice. Um, Javon Kinlaw was the best player on the field for either team yesterday. He came into the week as the consensus best prospect here in Mobile, and a few others, Christian Fulton, the cornerback from LSU, um, was up there as well. He decided to not participate. Probably felt he's done enough at LSU um, that he would not need to show off anything or risk any injury at the Senior Bowl. A lot of people thought that Kinlaw was going to ultimately drop out right before he did not, and he was unblockable in one-on-ones. The team drills didn't matter if it was a run play, a pass play. He's not just big and long and strong, but he uses pass rushing moves. He understands how to use his length. Um, he used a one-arm straight arm um, to push back offensive linemen literally with one arm and then countered off that with an inside move and outside move. Um, so I cannot say enough, cannot rave enough about the job that Javon Kinlaw did. That's kind of the headliner. Like I said, I, I wrote that article that was um, really what I started with um, just because it was so obvious. But a few other players I want to highlight before I get some lunch, before practice. Um, K.J. Hill. The smaller wide receiver from Ohio State 
Um, we saw a meteoric rise from Terry McLaurin, who last year here in Mobile, um, who started the week, okay, maybe he'll be a great special teamer, maybe, you know, bottom of the roster wide receiver. And his route running chops were on full display here, and you saw that um, from K.J. Hill yesterday. I don't think he's going to run in the four threes like Terry McLaurin did. Not quite as big as Terry McLaurin, um, but I think this is a type of event for a lot of these Ohio State wide receivers in the past um, that were recruited by Urban Meyer, top guys, um, usually excel because they're great route runners. They're explosive. They know how to sell their routes, get in the blind spot of the corner. Um, that K.J. Hill did that a lot uh, yesterday. Another player kind of under the radar, and, and again, I started with Javon Kinlaw as the obvious headliner, but a few others that I want to talk about. Um, Marlon Davidson, the defensive end, defensive tackle from Auburn. Um, during the season, watching him was a whole different experience as to when I went back recently to watch him alongside other edge rushers. Listed at six foot three and 278 um, in college, but came in at around 290 here and has spent time almost predominantly on the edge. Um, so he has that ability to use his hands to be not just a strong edge setter, um, but to win in a variety of ways. And then at that size, at 6'3", and around 290, that he doesn't look that big. He fills out his frame very well, um, has the ability to move inside, has a pretty good first step. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be elite in terms of some top-end penetrators at that three-technique position, the Aaron, the Aaron Donald position, um, but a pretty good first step. I think with the league going to being more positionless, and that's not just for Isaiah Simmons, safety linebacker, um, I think defensive lineman that can hold up well enough on first down, which is still you know primarily a running down, and then second and third down that are becoming passing downs. Um, certainly third down, but I think second down is kind of trending in that direction too. Being able to kick inside, maybe on one series you're rushing as a defensive tackle, the next, you're standing up as an outside linebacker, you have your hand in the dirt as a defensive end. Marlon Davidson showed off, nice swim move to the inside, good quickness, some lateral moves um, to just winning with his footwork to get kind of an, uh, uh, an angle advantage on the blockers in one-on-ones and in team drills. KJ Hill, Marlon Davidson, um, I think are very uh, intriguing players that I'm looking forward to watching more of. One other guy I'll talk about quickly because I do need to eat before this uh, four-hour or so session at Land People Stadium. Um, Lamar Jackson, the cornerback from Nebraska, six foot two, over 200 pounds, over 32-inch arms. So he's kind of he's built like a Seattle Seahawks cornerback, or what they've predominantly liked in the past. Um, his tape, I liked more than. Then the consensus, it is a little bit up and down. He will get beat on double moves. He's aggressive. But my big thing, and this is not taking kind of the easy way out, but when you see a cornerback that has a ton of pass breakups, I mean, you can't really manufacture that. That usually cornerbacks that have a lot of pass breakups, a lot of ball production, interceptions, they're doing something right. And Lamar Jackson over the past two years, especially this season, got his hands on the football quite often. He uses... Um, pretty good physicality at the line, um, but his length, his recovery ability, I think is pretty good. Um, and that's not just speed, but just when he gets beat, he's savvy enough that he can break off um, a certain wide receiver to get to another one in zone. He did that yesterday. Michael Pittman 
um, got open down the field. I believe it was Michael Pittman. And Jackson kind of just sunk off where he was covering and ended up breaking up the pass on a corner route. Um, stayed with Pittman down the field in one-on-ones. And Pittman at 6'4 and 225 is probably not going to run in the 4'4s, but he has good long speed. And he changes up the pace in his routes very well. Lamar Jackson had a good day yesterday, and a lot of people were wondering, hey, is this guy not fit for the modern-day NFL with so many separation-based wide receivers? But I think there is something to be said about that ability to use a 32-inch arms on a 6'2 body um, at the line of scrimmage, and that maybe if you are a tick slower, you're not as quick, you're not as fast, you can use that size to get your hands on the football, that you don't need to be in the hip pocket of a receiver on every play. Lamar Jackson, um, I thought, was very good yesterday, um, and I'm interested to see how he performs today during practice. One other player before I finally get to this lunch that I've been talking about, clearly my stomach is uh, trying to talk to my brain at this point, Antonio Gandy-Golden. A few plays down the field yesterday, made a great catch for a touchdown in one-on-ones that looked like what we have seen from him at Liberty over the past two seasons. Um, the cornerback was kind of right next to him. He wasn't able to create that space down the field, but it almost didn't matter. And for as much as I just said, the NFL is becoming separation-based um, with kind of more air raid concepts, more spread concepts. Um, I don't think that having ball skill, great ball skills and rebounding ability is totally um, not valuable anymore. And Gandy Golden at 6'3", um, 220 pounds with long arms um, and just an innate ability when he sees the football, his body control, his leaping um, skills, he can get to the football. And he did that yesterday. Um, a few times you saw him get blanketed, like I said, and, I, and that probably will happen in the NFL. I mean, down here in Mobile, the corners like to get very, very physical in those one-on-ones because it's just them on an island with no one else around. It's not, obviously not going to happen um, when you're playing in an actual game, there's a lot of other players on the field. But so he might have some problems creating separation short to intermediate. I thought even Michael Pittman did not really get open at the short to intermediate levels. Dane Jackson from Pitt, another underrated guy, came in a little smaller, um, but is a feisty player, a lot of ball production, fared well against Pittman in those short to intermediate routes. Um, but then Gandy Golden and Pittman showed that they can make big plays down the field, even though they're probably not gonna run um, you know, a crazy fast time. So those are the players I'm looking out for today. Um, I'll post a video um, hopefully tonight after I write my practice recap, or maybe right after practice, on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, so this is a quick Senior Bowl edition of the Prospect Podcast. I'm Chris Trapasso, thank you for listening.